I Love It, the podcast where we talk about the things people love and why they love them. Super excited about this episode. I've got one of my friends from college, Lenny Jacobson, on. Um, some of you might know Lenny. He's gone on to be a, a successful actor. You've seen him on Nurse Jackie, Big Time in Hollywood, Florida, which, by the way, is criminally underrated, and you should find it on Comedy Central. Uh, he's been on Narcos, on Netflix, and most recently was just on For All Mankind. So go find Lenny. He's fantastic. And if you found him already, you know that. This was a really fun episode to do and a really enlightening episode for me. What Lenny wanted to talk about was his love of audiobooks, but not just the love of audiobooks, but what they've sort of done in a way to let him cope with some things in his life, which I'll let him explain in the conversation. But we kick things off referencing back to when his wife, Jess Harmon, was on just a couple of episodes back. My wife picked condiments and you had her on. Mm-hmm. And hers was so interesting and good, and I really did enjoy it. I was listening while you guys were recording it. So I was like, I got to come up with something cooler. And then uh, I was I was like, I love audiobooks. That's truly something I do love, and it's kind of unique. And I've also found when I talk to other people, it's something you can immediately start having a, an interesting conversation with people about when you start talking about audiobooks. And I'm sure it's the same for people that read books. I'm just not a big reader, and it's – yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Like, is this an evolution of your reading? Or you're like, I don't really like reading, but I love well, audiobooks. I've never been a big reader. When I was in high school, I went to a Catholic high school. And, you know, you had summer reading to do, even in grade school, I think. And it's like, read Huck Finn and read To Kill a Mockingbird. And you'd come back and everyone would be like, oh, yeah, did you do your summer reading? And I'd be like, nope. Uh, <laughs> that was probably just out of laziness. And it was the summer. You know, and you get the cliff notes. And uh, if if I had audiobooks back then, man, I would have I would have definitely had a better grade point average. But I, I, as years went on, I've just always said I, I'm not capable of keeping my attention focused. Um, I don't know if it's my my mind wanders or I just am more visual or I. But reading was never, and it was only on certain things could I read. Like if it was a book about the doors at a certain time. I read a bunch of books about Jim Morrison. I read a few books that were Pearl Jam related. Um, it had to be something that I get. I read Howard Stern's first two books, but it wasn't like I wasn't reading. Um, the, all those seemed to be like autobiographies or something like that story stuff. I just couldn't stay in it. So do you just want me to get into this? How, Yep. Yeah, yeah, go nuts, man. So a, a little over a year ago, um, I'm someone that's dealt with anxiety and depression for the last 20-something years, and uh, I've gone through all the different phases of it and different coping me- mechanisms and different therapies and medicines and meditations, and I had a really bad uh, run of it last year in April, and my wife, uh, we, ch- we tried a whole bunch of different ways to start to work on that. There was some diet and things like that. And we, she took me away for a couple of days to Santa Barbara. She's like, let's go to the beach. And it was tough. Like I had trouble driving to Santa Barbara in the car. Hmm. We were sitting on a beach in Santa Barbara, beautiful, the wind, the sun, the, the ocean. And I was still struggling to stay outside and even sit by the pool or get to the ocean. So at the time I grabbed one of her, she's a big Harry Potter Mm-hmm. reader fan she read it when she was a kid she was one of those people that it 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 was the 
the timeline of her life, like when she was 10 or 11 years old, she read the first book when they were 10 or 11. And she read every book the year after that, as she got older. And it's, I mean, amazing. And I was never a Harry Potter person. Um, you're not a Harry Potter person, right? Did you not? No, no. I was just like, look, I've seen the movies, but they never grabbed me. And I was like, eh, I don't know, you know, wizards and kids and stuff like that. So yeah. she's like, I'll oh, read the book. So when we were sitting on the beach, I read and it was the first time, I, and I thought this might help with the anxiety. I can get my brain somewhere else. I read sure. the first uh, Harry Potter book, and I really loved it. I mean, I got it, nice. um, and it's not very long. The first one is actually one of the shorter ones, and um, it's just something about it at the time too. I loved putting my mind somewhere else. Um, and the story really grabbed me and the books are so much better than the movies. Like I enjoy the movies, but the books are much more detailed and they're just interesting. And it, it almost feels like you can take yourself out of whatever craziness is going on and be like, I want to be, you know, if you were a kid and you were 10 years old and when you turned 11, you found out I'm a wizard and I get to go to this school and what my parents and blah, 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 blah. It would be very cool. So I start reading the second book. But again, I start to hit that little bit of a blocking area that I get right. with my, you know, with my ability to read. And uh, we start talking about we're, we're talking about podcasts and different things to do. And audiobooks came into it. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll try it. I'll try this Harry Potter with an audiobook. So I get the second book on audio. The second book is Chamber of Secrets. So I listen to it on audio. But what to my unbelievable uh, revelation was the audiobooks are fucking amazing. This gentleman, <laughs> Jim Dale, the godfather of audiobooks, he does, he reads the narration, but then he also does every single character in there. He makes each character have a different voice. He can do the accents. He's doing Hagrid and Harry, oh, wow. and he's doing Hermione, so he's doing male, female characters. He's doing uh, giants because Hagrid's huge. And because I've I've seen the movies now, Jess and I had watched the movies, and I'm disappointed in myself. I wish now I had read the books first or audiobooked the books first before I saw the movies, because there's just so much more to it. So I'm listening. He's doing every character. And audiobooks, they must also do them in sections, because there's no way you could do that much dialogue and switching characters and doing the narration. So they, I feel like they, he, he does one character at a time and then they splice the whole thing together. Oh, wow. So I'm blown away. I'm like, this is the greatest thing ever, but what it really becomes great for, and this is good for people. If you deal with anxiety, it can really mess up your sleep. You get some insomnia, you have trouble. I started listening to it at night before I would go to bed. Uh, oh. Because we would do it in car trips as well, but I put it on before I went to bed and it just evened out my brain. I was able to stop thinking about the anxiety and all the crap that was going on in my life and just fall into this world and then I'd be asleep. And it's now, um, you know, it's, that was April last year, so we're about 13, 14 months later. And that's what I listen to. I listen to audiobooks every night before I go to bed. I mean, it makes sense, right? Like it's, it's almost it, it, not to be trite about it, but it's like a bedtime story, right? And it's like getting the screens out and not being excited and sort of having someone read the story to you and closing your eyes and going somewhere else and leaving yourself. Right. And it's, it's, and it's also because he's doing these characters, 
even though I've seen the movies, I now picture them slightly different. Like I don't see Daniel Radcliffe as Harry. It's like a mixture of him, but also the way he does the character because the books are very different. Um, not I, and I, the casting for those is great. And now when I look at them, I'm like, yeah, these are the people that these kids were amazing, but there's a bit of a, a more of an edge when you start to get into the second, third. And then by the fourth book, it's it's a totally different series. It's much darker it gets a little bit more of a, you know, it's a young adult feel or an adult feel to it. And it definitely has some issues. It definitely deals with some topics that you're like, well, this isn't really totally just for kids. But Jeff and I have talked about when we have children, as soon as they turn 10, we're reading the books with them at that time. Like it would be the perfect uh, thing. So anyway, so I, I start reading, I start, audiobooking the Harry Potters. I do every one. There's seven of them. This man, Jim Dale, I just want to meet him someday and just like hang out with him. <laughs> Tell me a story, Jim. And I just want to be like, hey, let's talk to Hagrid today. But he also does a lot of other audiobooks from what I've heard. And there's so many. And now I've come to realize this is a whole world. These audiobooks are all kind of in this. I assume the author read his book. But yeah, when you're doing something like I read... Um, an anxiety. Then I started downloading audiobooks uh, based on other things like diet, like the medical medium, or mm-hmm. even Gundry has a book, uh, Plant Paradox, and you're getting it read by the author. Or Michelle Obama, I downloaded uh, Becoming, and it's nice. her reading. Or Ronan Farrow, uh, Catch, was it Catch and Kill? Or yeah, I guess it depends on who it is, right? Like, I wonder if they sort of audition and go, uh, yeah, maybe we should have an actor. Read their own, but I didn't realize that when you start getting books that are based on, you know, novels that are like uh, storytelling, then you get people either a cast will read them or one person will do the voices like Jim Dale. So I did. Um, I can throw a couple out there now that the one yeah, yeah. because now when I talk to people. They're like, I'm, they're like, oh, I'm doing the Harry Potters. I'm like, oh, yeah, you got to do this. Like Chad, my buddy Chad, they're going to go on a, super, a long road trip next year. Uh, and I'm like, okay, you got to either do podcasts. There's so many podcasts that are great for driving, but also audiobooks. And he's a big reader, but he never got into Harry Potter. I'm like, do the audiobook of Harry Potter. It's going to change your life. Or do the Hunger nice. Games. So, uh, so I had done Harry Potter. There's seven of them. And I would use them before I go to bed. And over the months, I mean, I would start, I would did all seven and then I would go back and whatever mood I was in, I'm like, eh, I would go back like different books throughout. And I just, in my mind, that's the only thing I would do. But then I was like, all right, I got to switch it up. Cause now I'm getting to the point where I'm listening to the same stuff over and over and over, which is still great. But so then I'm like, I need something like this though, to kind of catch my imagination. I don't want it to be too to whatever. So I, then I did the hunger games and the actress Tatiana Maslani, that might mm-hmm. be the way you pronounce her name. I know Black, she does that one. And then that's another series where I'd seen the movies, but the books are so much cooler and better. Um, so I've done that now. And then uh, game of Thrones, you know, the, Oh, nice. Right. That dude, I think, is the record holder for... I think it's one dude that does Game of Thrones, the narrator. Let me just double check on that. I want to give him his props. Because Game of Thrones is a billion characters. Who's the narrator on that business? Uh, view details. Narrated by Roy Deutris. So I'm guessing he's mm-hmm. an actor. 
I think he does like 7,000 characters on Game of Thrones. Jesus. So I started listening to Game of Thrones and I've seen the series. I've never read the books. And, you know, it starts off at the beginning and then I'm like, oh, yeah, this all sounds familiar. That is that is top notch. And it's not as diverse characters as Jim Dale, because I think because he has less and they're a little more known, he can kind of be like very specific. But after a while, some of his voices start to bleed in like Hagrid, a couple <laughs> other people. But Game of Thrones is like one after another, after another, after another. It's so that it's such an interesting thing, right? Because like it's not a medium that is designed for performance, but it clearly can be performed. And, and you're literally name checking these performers that make a difference. So my libraries now I have the I have the Hunger Games three books. I have uh, Daisy Jones and the Six. I did Sherlock Holmes, which is Stephen Fry. Oh, whoa, Stephen cool. Stephen Fry is also fantastic. Talented Mr. Ripley, oh. which is a super interesting book. Let me see who the narrator is for that. Kevin Kennerly. He mixes up the voices a little bit. And then the most recent one I got was World War Z. Oh, yeah, that was a huge book. An amazing book. My wife had read parts of it. And then we watched the movie with Brad Pitt. And she's like, look, I love this movie, but it's not the book. The book is right. more about, uh, you know, each instance of the of the virus happening in different parts of the world. So when you go into World War Z, you have a whole, I mean, the cast on this, and I've only gotten through bits and pieces of it, but it's, it's like Alan Alda and, um, wow, who's the World War Z one? That's also a really good one. And I figured out, I don't know if everyone can do it. Uh, I'll listen to some dark shit before bed. And, and Jess is always like, zombie stuff before bed? I'm like, yeah, that stuff doesn't affect me. I It's just something to get my mind yeah. into the world. I fall asleep so quickly anyways. I put, my, <laughs> I put the phone on sleep. Uh, I'll put 45 minutes on it. And basically, I'm reading the book in 10-minute increments because I'll be asleep 10 minutes later. And then I'll wake up in the middle of the night and it'll be done and I'll put it back on. And But then I'll have to rewind to be like, ah, oh, man, what's left? Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, do you ever sort of even not falling asleep, but like, I know what I have podcasts on around the house. Like I'll drift and they'll suddenly be like, and then Margaret yeah. died. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. What the fuck? Yeah, that's an issue though. Okay. So when you're listening to the audiobooks, <laughs> I do a lot of rewinding because also you can just, when we're driving in the car, sometimes your mind just wanders. And then all of a sudden it's like, and then the zombie, I'm in, we're in Brazil. And I was like, what? When do we, when do we go to Brazil? So I have to rewind. And it's got, you know, you can, and the great thing with audiobooks too, Audible. I listen to them on Audible. This is an Audible. Yeah. So Audible, if you want to hook me up with a free subscription, lock it down. Do it. Send me a hundred bucks. Uh, they give you, you can actually change the pace, but you can do for uh, podcasts as well. You can make them go faster. Um, but you got 15 second shots. So I'm always constantly rewinding. I'm like, da, 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 and then I'm listening and going, yeah. right, here we are. So that's, that's one of the tougher things with the sleep version of it. And it was, right. You're just like, what? So when I did Sherlock Holmes and the talented Mr. Ripley, because it's a lot of, you know, with Harry Potter, uh, there's it, the specific things were happening. It was easier to follow the story. The Sherlock Holmes stuff, I found that I couldn't take, I wasn't taking any of it in. Every day, 
I would every time I'd wake up and that night I would before bed I would be like I don't I don't remember really where I was so I had to start finding stuff that kind of sat with me more and I feel like let's be honest in reality I feel like a smarter more well-rounded person because of this aspect That's great and that's what I'd like you all to take from this Look I love <laughs> that you're smarter I love TVs and movies and sports and music and things but I'm not a big reader and I always feel a little bit less than when I'm around my more intellectual, scholarly types who like devour books on a daily basis. Uh, but now it's like this is like an SNL sketch where it's like, hey, kids, don't feel smart enough around your friends because you don't read. Well, here's audiobooks. And it used to be Cliff Notes. That was the old joke back then, right? You would do Right, but this is real. It's the whole thing. You're not cheating. Don't judge me. <laughs> Just because my eyes aren't doing it doesn't mean my it's not in my brain. So here's my question for you, though. As, as an actor, is there an audiobook you'd like to do? Oh, see, now, here's the thing. I'm going to give some props, first of all. I don't do a lot of voiceover work. Uh, I would love to because it's a great gig, but it's tough. You yeah. realize, you know, when you're an actor, you're giving your performance with your entire body – and your voice is still very important. There's actors who just, their voice alone can just, and I am i don't think I'm that guy. I think I'm a person that genuinely gives my performances with my energy, face, uh, movement and things. But if you just, you know, I have friends who do it and I've had some auditions where I had to put stuff down, like give yourself a voiceover. And I find after like 20 minutes of recording, I'm like, I, I, this is tiring because you have to do it yeah. all with your voice, your performance. I was talking to my friend Jillian and she's a fantastic actress, but she also gets to do a lot of uh, voice work. She does like a bunch of, uh, she does a bunch of, um, vo- she does a couple of cartoon things and, and movies. I think she was in the birds thing. Uh, and we talked about it one day and she's like, yeah, it's a whole nother muscle you're using. Um, so when I look at Jim Dale, I mean, I'm sorry. This dude is one of the greatest actors alive. And I've said this to people. The Harry Potter audiobook to me is one of the greatest pieces of art I think is out there. Because if you love the books and you love the movies, this dude is doing it with his voice and he's creating this world. And obviously the writing is important as well. But I love this dude, man. I give him all the awards. So I mean, and there's nowhere to hide. So you're saying, is there a book out there? See, that's the problem. Everything for me is. So, yeah, I mean, if I could do my favorite actor ever. Is probably Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, So I don't know if there's an it's almost famous on book. Anything that he's ever portrayed, if they want to make these into audiobooks now, hit me up. I would love to do um, something based on that. Uh, now that I've do his biography. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Pos- I, don't, I would never want to step in those shoes. He's too good. But like Daisy Jones and the sick. Now I look at that and I'm like, okay, I want to do something like that. Something that I would enjoy. And, uh, so yeah, well, no, I don't, we'll see. I mean, and especially now with stuff that's been going on in our world, if more of things are going to be secluded or you're trying to do work, you know, as an actor doing voice stuff, uh, might be a better option because you're not interacting and you're able to be in your own non. Yeah, let's get a microphone. We're eventually going to get back to, uh, but I think that a lot of a lot of uh, things are going to change. Um, 
Yeah, I think I got to push for that a little bit more. To your point, too, about like I've been on the other side of that, not in fiction, but like producing people in a VO booth, mostly for voiceover for series. And it's super hard because I think just giving notes to actors in general, you know, you want to be gentle, but you're trying to help pull something out of them. And like there's just this weird thing where some people get it and some people don't. You know what I mean? And it's it's such a hard, hard thing to do because it is only one thing you're speaking. Yeah. For example, Jess, my wife, um, she has had friends and I think she dated a guy years ago who did a lot of voice. And he was like good. Like he was in mm-hmm. the mix. Like he was in the group. And you got six or seven people in the room and they come in to do voiceover. And it's like it's like playing pickup with with the NBA players, you're like, Oh, I'm out of my depths here. And you're out of your depths in talking as an actor. You're out of your depths in portraying a character because you can be amazing on screen. But when it comes to being able to hit the marks and deliver what they need for the specific, you know, she said something like their whole, the way that they spoke about things was different. Their, their shorthand and the way they were able to, um, get what was needed for these specific things. So when I see that with a lot of actors, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm envious because I would like, Oh, I'd love to be able to do that. But I also am aware of what it would take to do that as well. You know, that's the thing. That's a great thing about the arts and music and television, movies, acting, writing, you know, you find what you're good at and you do that. And Lenny's done just that. He's a good actor. He's a good husband, and he's a good friend. So I want to thank him for coming on and sharing his story with us. Remember, you can find us on Instagram at iloveit underscore podcast, and there'll be a few more episodes to come this season, so stick around. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 